The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're talking to the co-founder and the CEO of Nexian Group, Paul Glass. The company's listed under the ASX code NNG. At the time of the recording, market cap sitting at around $13 million. Now, Nexian is essentially a hybrid cloud and managed services provider and is growing very rapidly. Paul, it's great to chat to you again. Welcome back. Thank you very much. Morning. Now, let's talk a little bit about you. I want to know how you ended up where you are today um, as co-founder of a business like Nexian. You spent quite a few years in the telco and tech space. Yeah. Um, if this podcast is recorded, probably don't give you the full story. I might just give you the highlights. <laughs> 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 nah, it's, um, um, oh, you probably can hear, but, you know, here by my accent, South African born, uh, myself and Kevin Reed were, were both, surprisingly, both born in the same um, same town in, uh, in, in Durban in South Africa. And, um, like uh, you know, like 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 most South Africans, um, you know, we we looked abroad and and, and wanted to um, you know wanted to go and experience and and one of the places that that that's always attractive is the United Kingdom. So um, yeah, packed up, said goodbye to my folks and jumped on a plane to London and um, ended up living in the UK for about ten years. Um, and that's where I got into uh, telecommunications. Worked for a global integrator there, and um, yeah, just learned a bit of you know a bit about that globally connected uh, com space um i was actually one of the surprise i was thinking about this morning um as part of the project um that did the first mpls link from london to um uh, to hong kong <laughs> which is so unique put put that, put that into our speak um paul what, what, what does that mean <laughs> Uh, so in the, in the olden day, olden days, that's a terrible thing, olden days, there's no such thing as olden days. Um, a, a little time ago, um, when companies wanted to connect, they'd use a, um, a which was called an MPLS, which is basically, you think about it, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a connection between one city to the other. And you take a portion of of um, of, of each one of the, the providers' uh, uh, space on their fibre. So you'd go across 10 countries and 20 countries and you'd get a secure link. Um, PSTN-type connectivity uh, over, uh, over physical copper. Um, and that's how we used to communicate. You know, we used to buy really, really expensive circuits to connect, you know, to connect multiple offices. Now, of course, we don't. We just, you know, jump onto, jump onto the web and, Make sure it's 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 secure and, and and fast, and we connect all you know we connect all over the world. Um, but you know, I did that little crazy story. I was thinking, I was talking to Kevin Reed the, as a co-founder this morning, and we we're having a proper little laugh. And I thought, you know, for the guys out there that have been in tech for some years, there's a. Did you remember those floppy disks? They're I like do. A, I'm sure yeah. you're age, which I don't like to do, but I, <laughs> I do remember them. Thanks, yeah. Paul. I'll remember that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, and it's got a floppy disk. I mean, the only way you knew it would work is because you'd put it into the computer and it'll go, and you'd, you'd look, oh, okay, it's spinning, so it must be working. To update your uh, your office, 
on your la on your computer or laptop took 40 floppy disks and about eight hours of work imagine doing that across a thousand seat organization that's a two-year project wow. <laughs> now we click a button and everyone wakes up and says do you want to install update and everyone goes yes yeah. um so it's very cool i mean to be honest it's being in tech is just awesome it's it, it's never the same it's always you know it always always changes and then yeah um UK was cool and, you know, always had, uh, had, had, had dreams and aspirations of, of moving to Australia. And, yeah, now, you know, proud West Australian and, yeah, being here, for, being here for a number of years. So, yeah, it's very cool. Technology is one of those spaces that, it, it you know, I think my natural energy is always always quite high. And you know, I'm always always keen to look at the, you know, to, to, to look at doing things better. But technology just gives us the ability to do that because uh, we can change the base and we can change how things are done very quickly. I'm I'm stuck on this floppy disk thing. <laughs> I'm so stuck on the floppy disk. All I can yeah. see now is this big cream box that you used to have to insert it into. Yes, would you remember? <laughs> do, you, do you remember when we had a telephone? Okay, this is this is might be quite shocking. So make sure everybody's sitting down. Do you remember when we had a telephone? To make phone calls? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Every purpose of a telephone was to phone someone. We don't phone anymore. No, we don't. No. no. Now, 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 let me tell you something here, Paul. I remember I grew up in Cape Town in South Africa, and I remember in our um, in our house we had a we had a, a gorgeous house in Pinelands in Cape Town, and at the, sitting next to the front door was a telephone table, and the telephone table had a telephone on it, of course, plugged into the wall with a little seat next to it, so you could sit down while you were making your your, your telephone calls. <laughs> <laughs> love that and, and absolutely and do, you, do you remember in south africa we, we, we're digressing now but hey yeah. whatever um, do you remember in south africa your pet because we always used to just phone, sit and phone our mates and like back then you used to actually pay per minute per call yeah. um and you know your, your parents could get the phone locked but well, yeah. i quickly figured out how that if especially on those old daily ones that if you dial the number by doing it a certain way you could actually get around the locking system <laughs> we know what we know what sort of childhood you were now <laughs> yeah although well, the thing is you couldn't you're right you couldn't hard you hard on your phone in the room because it was right there in the lounge and i, I do i remember the tele the, the telephone tables which generally had a doily on it yes it the, the, the palm of the house <laughs> Some fake flowers. <laughs> yes, absolutely some fake flowers. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, for those South Africans out there, and in fact, telephone tables weren't just purely in South Africa, of course. I'm sure there are other people. But, uh, no, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a global <laughs> phenomenon where you have to, you know, you'd have to walk down the road. Um, yeah. You know, if it was at night time, you'd, you know, you'd probably have to put some, 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 uh, you know, some wear on your feet. Put a you know put put something on your upper body and go into a box and then you'd put money into a box and you'd dial someone and they would pick it up on the other end and you think wow this is phenomenal <laughs> like an, you know the and people are quite happy to walk down the road to speak to someone. Um, 
<laughs> well, but, you know, you know, we will move on from this, but I, I should just point out, I did go into an antique shop the other day and there was one of these phones in an antique shop. So there you go. Well, let's talk about what's what's going on now. So, so obviously, <laughs> obviously you got sick of trying to get around your parents' block and you decided to do something about it and went to the other end of the scale. Yes. So, so is that part of the journey that you took to actually make you, you go, well, you know what? I, I want to do something of my own and I want to create my own level of change, along with your co-founder, Kevin, of, of course. Is that what drove you to, to start Nexium? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I think what happens is that, you know, we've all, um, you know, we, we everybody, we've got a journey that we, we, we carry through our life and sometimes we don't always know what the outcome is, but we know what the intention is. And the intention was to do something pretty cool and, and, and global. Um the and I, I honestly believe that no no one person, especially in business, um, has the ability to create success um, out of an idea. You need a wingman. You need someone who can who's probably a little bit different to you and and um, has the ability to be able to drive um, ideas forward. And, and and in most cases, you know, um, have stand up arguments with you for the better of the outcome. So it was always. I mean, I've I've always been global. It's to me, it made sense. You know, living in in the UK. Um, London was was part of a globally connected community um, and Kev was the tech behind it and he knew that there was a way for us to combine um, uh, cloud but also the connectivity side and it, I think it was just a you know it was a meeting of minds and and, and and we put together what we had planned over many years and it's 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 been a good journey it's tough it's I mean I think for us um, I think one of the one of the areas that we've struggled with is is, is to educate the the the, the market on, on on what we do because what we do is 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 a combination of many things and you know we don't just build towers or you know we don't you know we, we don't just sell pizza boxes we you know we've we've created a, a, a globally connected cloud um, and you know we can get to sixty five countries around the world. And that's a phenomenal achievement. And 10 years ago, you couldn't do that unless you had a million dollars in unlimited frequent flyer miles. Now it's done in a short period of time by connecting connecting sites. So, yeah, I think it's for us, it's um, it, it was always going to be global. I had no intention of, um, you know, of, of, of setting up a local managed service provider or local tech company. It's just not in my, in, in, in my nature. Um, and I think having traveled and, and seen the world, and, and it's, it does help. It helps with the mindset. You'd imagine, Paul, that your customers would be demanding that too. I mean, you know, we, we think global now and I think the pandemic has brought on the fact that we can be even more global than we were pre-pandemic, even with the borders closing because of the advent of, you know, systems like Zoom, uh, which is much more common now. So geographic expansion has been on your radar for some time. But the great thing about where you are now is you've just come through a share placement, a capital raise, and last time we spoke, you said you were going to focus on international acquisitions. Is that what this raise is for? Uh, yeah, so we purchased Blue Sky Telecom um, last year. Uh, we managed to take it from an all-shared um, transaction to a cash transaction. We got them for less than, way less than one times annual revenue. Since then, we've you know we've ripped out almost a million dollars worth of um, costs in that in that particular business and put the two together. And now we're a satellite player. Um, and the entire intention was that was to fill the coffers for that acquisition so that we had the cash in bank and um, then deliver out. And we, you know, we're working on some projects at the moment where customers are able to, you know, go to go go to remote sites and use satellite to connect onto our core network, which then allows you to connect to the security, which then allows you to connect to the cloud. And it's a bit of a game changer, um, to be honest. Um, and it's 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 allowed us 
that whole combination of the satellite and the, and and um, you know the enterprise. We, we we're now we're now dealing with some pretty large enterprise customers, and and I think that's our that's our niche. You know, you mentioned COVID. I was thinking about this morning. It's so true. Do you know one thing that's become apparent with COVID is that we are a we are a globally connected community. Mm. We we are not isolated. And if anything, what COVID's done, and this is my personal opinion, to be honest, what COVID's done is it's shown us that no matter where you live in the world, we're all connected. And in this case, we happen to be connected by a pretty horrendous uh, virus. But we're all connected, whether we think we're isolated, whether we shut down the planes, or whether we stop travel, we're a connected community. And technology is the same thing. Now, I think what you've mentioned, I, I agree with what you're saying. What COVID's done is it's made it very apparent that there is no excuse to provide platforms where the global community can communicate. Now, all we're doing is taking that concept and making it applicable for the enterprise customers because it's a bit more difficult if you've got a, you know, if you've got a, a, a global company, you've got security, you can't just simply jump onto the internet Public cloud doesn't always work. So the complexity of saying, oh, you know, we're all connected and we'll just move to the cloud. This is not really that case in reality. It, it, it's, it's not as easy as that. So we're trying to, um, you know, we, we're trying to remove those barriers of going, you know, let's shift to a hybrid cloud and connect, uh, can connect offices in, 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 in an ease of way. And it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, we're a globally connected community and, and that's, that's, that comes with its risks, as we've seen, but it also comes with its rewards. Mm. You, you have a you have a benefit of being in Western Australia, you, in that your time zone is just a little bit closer, uh, you know, to obviously to the Asian time zone, than uh, we are over on the other side of Australia. Starting an international business from Western Australia in the middle of a pandemic, well, not starting, but expanding into into you know, international markets, how difficult has that been? And not just on a business level, um, but also on a personal level. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's it's. I I would be. Uh, you know, I would be. I'd be fudging the truth to say it hasn't been, hasn't had its challenges, um, but. I think it's, you know, I honestly think it's a mindset. You know, we, we we have an idea, we have a vision, and there's certain, and if I speak, I mean, I, I might be speaking out of turn here, but there's, there's certain types of individuals in the world, especially in business. There's um, there's business leaders that have ideas and, and, and follow a, you know, um, follow a long structured plan and surround themselves with, with, with the team and they deliver that. Um, but in the back of the head, they're always concerned about, you know, can we travel and should we be going global? And you know, if we open up an office in 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 New Zealand or we acquire in New Zealand, what's going to, what that's what's that going to mean for you know for the business? Well, for us, we were always global, so the mindset's never changed. All we've done is just stuck to our guns. Um, and you're surround yourself by the by a good team, eh? To be honest, um, I mean, I I, I do I, I get to do the media interviews and I get to talk about the company, but I'm surrounded by one of the most amazing teams. I mean, my C-level team is. We put a C-level team into in, into Nexion in, in, in um, uh, Jamie Morgan, who's XRBM. He's now our chief revenue officer. Uh, Evelyn, who's our chief finance officer, and you know she she used to be a university lecturer. And then uh, Luke, who's um, our CTO. So um, you surround yourself by a, a, a good team. In fact, hire people that are better than you. Just go out there and get people that are better at you, though, better than you at those different areas, and you'll find that that then allows the business to naturally evolve and grow. Um, 
and that's where the mindset comes into it. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's all the sort of I I don't know, I don't have all the answers, but you know, having all the answers is not is 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 not what um you know, not why we're here. We don't we we don't need to have all the answers. We just have to have enough tenacity and, and drive to be able to build something despite not having all the answers. What 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 where do you want to be in ten years time? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um I don't, I mean this is this this is my last job. I, I, I don't have an intention of, of working for another company. I, you know, when you come this far and you build something, yeah. of, it's not. I'm not going to have another job. So, um, next year on is, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it, we're, we're, we're a fledgling, but you know, what we're doing is, uh, we keep on kicking goals. I mean, you know, our total revenue was up 50% last quarter, 91% increase in monthly recurring revenue. So we're doing the right things. So what I'd like to do is I'd like this company to, I think success for me would be to be able to one day turn around and say this organization is where I wanted it to be in terms of um, market cap and size and geographical location and technology. And whether that's in five years or 10 years, then that would be success for me. Um, I have taken a bit of a shift in the last couple of months where, you know, I think I love spending time with my family. I live in one of the most amazing states in the world. You know, we, we, it's, it's important that we, you know, that we we drive hard uh, for on, on on in in business and work, but we also take that opportunity, you know, on a Sunday afternoon to spend time with the family and and and, and focus on what's important. Um, and I think finding that um, finding that mix is important for all of us. Mm. Oh, hundred percent. If you take that and say you're working, you're pushing hard, you're working really hard where you are right now. You've got a market cap sitting at around the thirteen million mark. Um, obviously moving around, but sitting around that point. What what ideally you talked about getting the business to a place where where you go you know this has really worked you know this is really what you wanted to achieve where would the market cap be and how long do you think it's going to take you to get there? It's a good question. I don't. I mean, to be honest, if 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 I if I knew, I'd probably be giving inside knowledge. Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, there's obviously hurdles in our in, in our current existing market cap cap is, is not not reflective of, of the organisation at all. Um, you know, the, the, the share price is what it is. Um, but it, um, you know, probably the share price definitely should be more reflective of what the company's done. However, saying that, um, there, there, there's milestones. I think in my head, the, the $25 million market cap has gone and dusted. We should be there anyway. So, um, you know, for us, it's generally, it definitely is the focus to get to that $50 million. Try and get to the to $100 million market cap as quick as we can. Uh, and why that's important is because at $100 million market cap, it allows us to leverage that market cap to expand um, our uh, global acquisition f- uh, faster now you know even though we haven't been able to travel in western australia in fact you know what i'm actually getting on a plane soon can you believe it it's a bit scary actually <laughs> yesterday i had flights come through for an event in, in in brisbane and i was like what is that where's brisbane <laughs> google where brisbane is and um, you know i think for us it's really important that we you know we, we've continued to to you know to, to push with our, our acquisitions in, in global locations and um, that hasn't changed um but Success for us is definitely a $100 million market cap as, as, as quick as possible. And it's not only because why does that determine success? So why does a market cap on a, you know, on, 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 on a website say whether you've been successful or not? That's, that's irrelevant. Um, personal success to me, as I say, is to have the company and the market cap and the revenue where I believe it should be in terms of the 
the, the, the market the company plays in. And that is success, to be able to look at Nexia and go, okay, we play in a global multi-billion dollar cloud market. We have a percentage of that market. We're doing really cool things. And the, the, the global market understands what we do. And I think that's success. That's excellent. Yeah. Okay. I think. Look, I, I'm looking very much forward to watching your journey, Paul, um, as you move forward. And we'll be talking again in the very near future. In the meantime, I need you to do me a favor and go and find some doilies. Oh, gee, I just, it's, honestly, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. You know what I want to do? I think that's such a cool idea. Okay. Well, I mean, just just to add to my craziness is, you know, I have four kids. Yeah. Uh, four boys. You know, it's a, you know, I've, I've got two boys and, and my wife's got two boys. And so I've got a nine-year-old. I have to try and remember the ages, to be honest. Nine, we're about to turn 10, 11, 13, and 14-year-olds. And they're all boys. And they're absolutely mad. Um, so just keeping these guys in check is, is, is you know, a full-time job. But I think it's a good mm-hmm. idea. I might implement a, a phone table and say, listen, guys, when you go home, put your phone on the table. And look at me to go, why, Dad? <laughs> um, I'm telling you, it was so, so cute. So my little nine, my nine-year-old, he's nuts. He's literally nuts. Mm. Absolutely nuts. They all are at that age. That is crazy. And all he wants to do is just ride motorbikes. And he had a stare because on, on the weekends I um uh, I, I ride a, a motorbike around the track and I'm into track days and you know racing motorbikes. My little nine-year-old stood in front of the guys who run this event and said, "Why can't I ride the motorbike?" And the guy's like, "You nine. <laughs> you can't he's like hold on hold on listen to me my name's riley if if <laughs> why don't i go in the back of my dad's bike we're not allowed to it's illegal okay why don't i get my own bike okay no nine-year-old ever gone around the track okay is there a law that stops me from this nine-year-old kid was trying to convince this guy to allow him to i mean he's just nuts <laughs> wonder where he gets that from paul <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think it might have skipped a couple of generations. Actually. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> we might let the listeners make up their mind on that. <laughs> oh, what a pleasure. Thanks for laughing. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Love these chats. I really do. I, I, honestly, they, they're some of the most some of the most enjoyable time that I spend um, spend doing my job. So, yeah, I, I do love them. I really do. Oh, that's fantastic. There'll be plenty more in our future. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us. <laughs> and we hope i hope you enjoyed it for all of our listeners thanks so much for for being with us um we'll get back to paul don't worry we'll we'll have more of him going forward that was paul glass from nexian this is stock insiders with me i'm oriel morrison we'll catch up uh, next week with much more see you then This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.